Absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the communities that we are representing and fighting for, you know, these these communities that are deemed as um, marginalized communities. But, you know, these are communities of, of value. You know, the, the folks that make up these communities are people that we love and, and we and we care for. And they are important and they are special. Hey, what's up? This is Corey Dion Lewis, clinical health coach and host of the Healthy Project podcast. Now, the research shows that social determinants can have a greater impact on your health more than healthcare or lifestyle choices. The purpose of this podcast is to discuss how to improve health and reduce health inequity by speaking to healthcare professionals, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs. Now, if you're enjoying the podcast, give it a review, or you can also make a donation to The Healthy Project using the link in the description. It takes 30 seconds and it's super easy. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now let's get started. Thank you for tuning in to The Healthy Project. I'm Krisha and I'm going to be your host today. I'm a junior at the University of Iowa, majoring in psychology and minoring in gender, health, and health care equity. I'd like to thank Larry for joining me this afternoon. Before we get started, would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Oh, wow. Well, first of all, thank you, Krisha, and also a big shout out to Corey Lewis for inviting me on The Healthy Project. I'm a huge fan, and so it's it's a real honor to have an opportunity to be a guest on this podcast. Yeah, I'll just be, I'll just be brief. I consider myself a, a, a local Des Moinesian. Um, my family and I reside here in, in Johnson, Iowa. Professionally, I am known as a uh, diversity talent consultant. So essentially, I help um, the organization that I work for find passive talent um, for open opportunities. But outside of that, I enjoy serving my community, spending time with my family. And um, again, I'm just grateful to be a part of this show. Thanks for having me. Of course, we're excited to have you here today. First of all, I wanted to start off by congratulating you on a successful My City, My Health conference. And I kind of wanted to hear what co-founding this conference means to you. Wow. Well, first of all, thank you. And, you know, I'll say, you know, for me, it's it's a little bit less about co-founding this effort, but more so, number one, just personally, I was excited about the opportunity to connect with Corey to work on a project that we are both passionate about, which is health equity, um, ensuring equal and adequate health care for everyone. Um, so that, that was number one. But number two, we really wanted to inspire others to have a have a conversation or have conversations about health in general and the things that we can do in our everyday lives that can make an impact on ourselves and on our communities, even even our work communities. And so being able to execute this, this conference, this experience and in between panels walking around and I was sort of playing a showrunner that that day and so just as i was bouncing around um and and setting up the next panels and things like that i could just hear the electricity i could just hear the excitement um of folks talking at their tables or at the or maybe walking around the exhibitor hall but 
they were speaking immediately after the first panel, having private conversations amongst each other about what they could do. And I heard, I heard connections being formed. I heard meetings getting set. And that's exactly what Corey and I hoped or hoped would come from this is, is, was action, you know, a little bit less about talk, but more so about um, folks feeling inspired to take those conversations to the next level. Um, and, uh, you know, and whether that meant to execute um, certain action, a- actions at home um, or, or amongst their, their community, um, either, either way, I, I feel like Des Moines is um, definitely a better community because of this conference. And um, it just, it feels great to have had a, a small part of that experience. Yeah, for sure. It seems like everyone gained like a lot of hope from that conference. And it, the most important thing, like you said, is they felt like they had something they could walk away with. Like they kind of had like an action plan setting up those meetings or like how they could get involved in reducing those healthcare disparities, which is great. Yeah, I would agree. People were feeling hopeful people, but most, most of all, I feel like our audience felt empowered. Um, A lot of people, you know, for a lot of people, the conversation about healthcare or even health equity, you know, sometimes it could just feel like an uncomfortable conversation or maybe a foreign conversation, you know, and maybe an intimidating conversation for a lot of people. But our panels and our panelists, they did a really good job of humanizing these experiences and also, um, you know, really connecting the dots as to what disparities in healthcare look like. And so I feel like that made it easy for people to look inside and, think about what they could do to contribute to, uh, to, to writing some of, some of the wrongs in terms of uh, healthcare disparity. Yeah, for sure. So kind of going off of that, what are your next steps like in regards to the conference since we just had that successful one in Des Moines? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, <laughs> my city, my health, I mean, it's, it's already seemed to sort of, uh, take a life, take a life on of its own. Um, <laughs> You know, I don't want to, hopefully I'm not ruining any surprises here, but there is another uh, conference scheduled um, for Iowa City um, this coming spring. So I'm really excited to put the finishing touches on on that. But, um, you know, the goal is to further the conversations. You know, we obviously want to have more um, My City, My Health. Um, I can promise you that there will be another one in Des Moines um, next year, but you know, I know Corey Lewis is is really interested in uh, uh, taking this conversation um, not only countrywide but but worldwide as well. My world, my health, and so um, I look forward to continuing the conversation of of health equity. Um, I look forward to partnering with my with my brother Corey in um, producing events and producing experiences that will move the needle you know, stay tuned because, uh, you know, we've got some things in the works that I think are really going to um, shake some things up. So looking forward to that. Yeah, it sounds like you guys have a lot of big plans in the work. And it's really important that you guys want to like expand your reach and your message just to try to get as many people involved as possible. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the the communities that we are representing and fighting for, you know, these these communities that are deemed as um, marginalized communities, but you know, these are communities of, of value. You know, the the folks that make up these communities are people that we love and and we and we care for, and they are important and they are special. You know, when our when our brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles in those communities are affected. Um, with with bad health or or participating in unhealthy habits, they deserve the knowledge and the proper treatment to um, uh, to become healthier. And sometimes you just have to put matters into your own hands to um, to to make things happen. But you know we're we're fortunate enough that we do live in a you know we are in a caring pretty caring community. And um, again, there was a lot of a lot of turnout at this at this event, and there were a lot of folks that um, were really engaged in furthering uh, promoting the idea of um, being an advocate for folks that are a part of those those communities. So yeah, I, and I don't I think Corey and I sort of um, underestimated just how big of a deal uh, this event would would be. So uh, we, we, we got to keep it going. And um, I, I, I'm really excited, too, because I'm certain that we'll have more help um, and, and, you know, more sponsors and more support, um, which will help to strengthen our mission and ultimately strengthen our communities. Yeah, it's really important that we all look out for each other. Oh, kind yeah. of shifting gears a little bit. I w- Wanted to hear a little bit about how racism shows up in your work as a senior diversity talent consultant. Mm, okay. All right. Well, you know, so um, just for simplicity's sake, you know, um, uh, you know, label me as a recruiter. And I would say that, you know, a lot of the racism that a typical recruiter would face, you know, are probably wouldn't be very overt, um, you know, the, these days, but um, there are many, if, you know, if, if, if an organization isn't careful, if recruiters aren't careful, if hiring managers aren't careful, um, there's certainly um, lots of bias that can set in when it comes to the selection and the recruitment process. Um, there's certainly bias. Uh, there could be bias uh, that's that's racially motivated. Um, you know, just uh, a presumption on someone based off of their uh, their race or, or their skin tone. Um, there's there's ageism, which is another bias that discriminates against um, people that are of a certain age or maybe are perceived to be um, a certain age. And so, um, there's so many different kinds of biases that can set in throughout the selection process, you know, who moves forward, who gives a, who is granted an opportunity to um, meet with the leaders. And there can even be bias sometimes just the way that um, interview questions are formed. And so um, a, an inclusive organization will ensure that um, there is bias training and, and diversity and inclusion training that's presented on a regular basis. Um, not only to recruiters like myself, but to, you know, hiring leaders, managers, and even individual contributors within, within an organization, because without that training, then um, the voice of the bias uh, can sometimes be louder than the sensible voice. And then, 
an action will could potentially take place, which could be discriminatory against a certain group. So um, this is very important that um, that as a recruiter, I recognize, you know, perhaps what my biases are and then be proactive and mitigating those biases so that I can um, uh, be an inclusive uh, recruiter. And uh, the same goes for folks that are in a hiring position, you know, with without proper awareness and without proper training, um, they could end up in a situation where they're hiring a bunch of people that all look alike and all have very similar backgrounds. Yeah, I think it's super important to be aware of your own biases because they are always present, even if you don't realize that they are. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to actively work to against them. Absolutely. Yes. Vi- bias is is pervasive. Um, and I don't care who you are. I don't care what your GPA is. I don't care uh, what neighborhood you grew up in. Everybody has some form of bias. It's just sort of the way our brain works. We have a couple systems in our brains that help us to solve certain problems. Some of those systems are based off of experience and some of those systems are based off of actually making your brain process complex information. And it takes both of those systems working together um, to, uh, to ensure that there's an opportunity to, uh, to mitigate bias. But yeah, with, with, without um, knowledge of that, without self-awareness, without training, bad things, <laughs> bad things can yeah, happen. For sure. Th- I know this isn't your first podcast episode. You're also the host of the Only Chip in the Cookie podcast, which discusses your experience as a Black man living in a predominantly white state. What has been the most rewarding part of this experience? Well, the most part, the, the most rewarding part about podcasting and sharing my experiences number one honestly there was a little bit of um uh catharticism um that's my seven seven point word for the day uh, there's a little bit of catharticism you know there's a little bit of me being able to get some stuff off of my chest me specifically the way that i grew up being an army brat um you know, there were pockets in my life that were very diverse. And then there were, there were times in my life growing up where I, I lived the, the antithesis of, of a diverse um, life. And so going about my life and trying to talk to people about certain experiences that I had, you know, I mean, sometimes people could have some empathy with me and sometimes people just thought I was crazy. And so, um, you know, I want to say rest in peace, um, George Floyd, because for me, you know, watching that tragedy unfold and seeing the reactions after that, you know, I, I just knew I wanted to make a difference. And um, I knew I had license to, to do that. And um, there was, you know, I've always wanted to kind of share some of these stories and share some of these experiences. But I was just afraid. I was afraid of backlash. I was afraid of, you know, what would my job think if they heard me have authentic conversations about my experiences with, with race. But, um, you know, I, t- I, I took, took that chance and I, and I, and I made it happen. I, I pressed the submit button on the podcast and it was just, it was so freeing, um, sharing those experiences and talking about what I had gone through but I did not expect the validation 
um, that was going to come, you know, following producing those episodes. Um, I began to receive emails and notes and comments on um, my Instagram page about how um, certain episodes or certain guests that I brought on um, connected with them. And, um, you know, and I had folks from other parts of the Midwest to people in other countries that were that uh, were able to identify with my experience. And so that that was cool. And also, I want to say another rewarding part about this experience is, um, you know, I would I would tell people all the time I was kind of blunt about this. I would tell people I would say, hey, you know, my podcast isn't necessarily targeting people like me, my podcast is actually targeting folks that um, are outside of um, the group, the groups that I consider myself a member of. And it's for those people that um, see themselves as an ally, you know, see themselves an ally to African Americans or see themselves as an ally to, you know, again, other groups that I was um, a part of. And so um, I wanted to share those stories um, to not only just get some stuff off of my chest, but I also wanted to share those stories so that I can educate um, allies and kind of give them insight on what their coworker two cubicles down uh, may be feeling mm-hmm. or may be going through. Um, a lot of times, especially around, you know, that George Floyd um, time frame that, you know, late May, early June, um, a lot of us black folks, we're getting uh, messages and people reaching out to us saying, hey, what can I do to, to live a more inclusive lifestyle? What can I do to, you know, um, uh, denounce racism? How can I how can I connect more with people at my job and things like that? And honestly, depending on the day, I would have a different response. Sometimes I would have very little to say and sometimes I would have a lot to say. You know, it just kind of depend depended on my emotions for that day. Um, and I also kind of always carried this attitude of, hey, it's not necessarily my responsibility to teach you how to be a good person. And I'm not saying that that was the best way to, to view that, but there were times when, when I felt like that. And so I knew that if I um, delivered these podcast episodes as a certain way, I could not only get things off of my chest, but also educate people as well. And so when people, you know, gave me the feedback of, wow, I didn't know that, or I never, I never thought of this, or um, I would have never guessed that, you know, just hearing that type of, um, uh, hearing those types of comments and receiving that validation as well um, was, was truly rewarding because it's truly my goal to help uh, make this world a more inclusive place, to make the workplace more inclusive. And so knowing that people were learning how to be better allies and better advocates, it was truly rewarding and it meant a lot to me. Yeah, it seems like the podcast gave you like an outlet to kind of express yourself and let everyone know about your stories while also at the same time giving your viewers something that they could relate to to let them know that they're not the only one going through these hard experiences in life. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head with that one. I know we discussed many different things today, but what is one thing you'd want to want our listeners to take away from our conversations today? That's a great question. Well, you know, I'm just going to 
echo some sentiments from the keynote speaker of the My City, My Health uh, conference. Um, Renee Hardman had a had a good uh, message about um, making deposits. Um, health equity. I mean, it's a it's a big thing. It's a big task, and it's a it's a grand fight. But I would say health equity also starts at home, you know, and you also have to make sure that you are taking care of yourself as well. And Renee Hardman, I am I'm paraphrasing, I'm summarizing here, but she was sharing a story relating to her personal health and some changes that she had to make. And she said, you know, I I looked at, you know, um, uh, my body as a as a bank. And as far as my health goes, there's certain things that I'm doing to or for my body that are either making a, a deposit to a healthier lifestyle or making a withdrawal from a healthier, uh, you know, from a healthier lifestyle. So, um, you know, so like uh, grabbing a big gulp from Mountain Dew is probably a withdrawal from my lifestyle. But ensuring that I'm drinking a liter of water and meditating and getting adequate rest, those are things that I'm doing to make a uh, deposit to my health bank. Um, And I just thought like, wow, that is such a a great analogy. Um, It's a great uh, mnemonic device. Um, Someone like myself, I am completely scatterbrained in one moment I'm focusing on this the next thing I'm focusing on that and then I before I know it I've consumed a bunch of uh crap right (laughs) but one thing I can definitely do is I can create a mental checklist for myself of two to three healthy deposits a day that I can make so whether that's um a proper amount of, of water to drink or, you know, maybe some form of exercise. I mean, that's definitely something that I could commit to. And um, so, uh, yeah, that's what I would say for, for folks that were inspired by, um, by the conference or um, other, other outlets that are mentioning health equity and things like that. And maybe perhaps they don't know where to start. That's cool. Um, start at home, you know, and uh, think about how you can uh, create a healthier lifestyle for yourself. And um, I'm sure through that journey, it would um, it can help inspire you to think of other ways that you can contribute to a more equitable, um, healthy lifestyle. Yeah, I really like the bank analogy you shared. And I feel like it's kind of finding the right balance between the deposits and withdrawals because it's not going to be possible to always be doing positive things, but kind of finding the right balance. Yeah, absolutely. Balance is key. Well, I would like to thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. But for those who are listening that would like to connect with you, where can they find you, Larry? Well, yeah, you can. um, I'll tell you what, I'll give you my two favorite uh, social media platforms. Um, Number one would be Instagram. I'm, I'm easy to find. You can find me at Larry from Iowa. Um, and also I'm on LinkedIn as well. Um, truthfully, LinkedIn is my favorite social media outlet, but it's not like maybe as cool to say. Um, but you can definitely, I, I am an open, I am a uh, LinkedIn open networker. So um, 
You can find me on there at my government name, which is Larry Twitty. And um, I look forward to meeting and connecting with anyone that's interested in uh, fighting the fight towards health equity.